You're listening to the Quince podcast. Vaccination drives that are taking place across the world is giving some amount of hope that perhaps we'll overcome the COVID pandemic soon. And as India prepares for what is being said to be a historic immunization drive, it is the efficacy of the inoculation program that will rebuild confidence among people. But what kind of challenges are likely to come up in the way? The country's first vaccination drive that is set to commence on 16th January aims to immunize three crore health personnel and frontline workers but given the uncertain circumstances and the absence of a detailed data before the emergency approval of Covishield and Covaxin how can the government implement a successful vaccination program In this episode you'll hear from JVR Prasada Rao former union health secretary and professor NK Ganguly former director general of the ICMR You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shalbury. As we know, two vaccine candidates, Serum Institute's Covishield and Bharat Biotech's Covaxin, were given emergency use approval by India's top drug regulator earlier on 3rd January. And soon after this announcement, this decision faced backlashes. Firstly, well, because not only is Covaxin still in its phase three trials, but we don't even have any data of its efficacy yet. And this vaccine candidate is being rolled out in what the center terms a quote-unquote clinical trial mode, something unheard of before. And secondly, since Oxford AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine candidate has been facing doubts and criticisms internationally by regulators over its efficacy, that translated into concerns about Covishield as well, which is the Indian parallel of the AstraZeneca candidate. When India approved Covishield's emergency use, were the drug regulators able to resolve those concerns? And it is in this kind of a backdrop that India is about to kick off one of its largest immunization drives. Priority will be given to healthcare workers and the frontline workers as I've said, followed by those above 50 years of age and then the under 50 population groups with comorbidities numbering around 27 crores, the center said. And there are certain protocols to follow as well. For instance, eligible candidates will have to produce a photo ID for both registration and verification at the vaccination site. The doses for healthcare and frontline workers in the first phase will be free of cost, and those getting vaccinated will require two doses 28 days apart. While on one hand being a leading vaccine manufacturer in the world may give India the advantage of having access to vaccines, the covid vaccination for frontline workers then high risk groups and then the entire country might prove to be a gargantuan task although india is preparing for the first round now professor nk ganguly former director general of the icmr talks about all the possible challenges that are likely to come up as india widens its vaccine reach so there are steps during the day of vaccination mm-hmm. and somebody need to do that uh, that uh, thing very Uh, very smoothly mm. that when the when the vax when the p- p- people come from vaccination mm. there are no crowding they are masked mm. and they are socially distanced mm. and there we will have to take their their history of allergy and other things mm. and then they go for vaccination uh, uh, vaccination and then they will have to wait for 30 to 50 minutes before they are released for their work so so this is a change which we will have to see that it goes on 
properly because without uh, one thing which we will have to implement and which is very important which we have learned from other centers mm-hmm. that you have to be masked all the time even after vaccination you have to remain masked so this is something which we will have to see how it works uh, what i see the problem where it will come when we go to the other uh, um, other first responders like uh, police like uh, uh, sanitary workers etc etc mm. so there they will be done through the vaccination hubs which may not be hospital based vaccination hub where the vaccine vaccinators are those which were which were being used for epi and other other issues so there to bring people in and vaccinating them smoothly and others that is the second round it will have a challenge third round will will have more challenges what we have done that 50 years and with comorbidities mm. if if comorbidities you have to get a certificate it is going to be a little problem mm. many places outside they have they are not really taking any certificate of comorbidities mm. so they have done that uh, 75 and above you will be vaccinated without question mm. now they have lowered it to 65 and above and there also whether you have comorbidities or not you will be vaccinated mm-hmm. so this is something which we will have to see mm-hmm. and we will learn from the other others experiences mm-hmm. and and then the in this group something will happen because what other places are doing mm-hmm. that they are vaccinating in the nursing homes and old age homes and other places where the people are not ambulatory and they are under care mm. in our places those guys who are old and they are not ambulatory mm. uh, we we do not know how they will be vaccinated mm. because because it will be difficult to go to their home and vaccinate so so some of these glitches we will have to solve and i think uh, they will solve as they move forward As per reports, Union Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan said that all vaccine doses will be received by 14 January. This includes 1.1 crore doses of Covishield from the Serum Institute and 55 lakh doses of Covaxin from Bharat Biotech. But it's the procurement of the lakhs of Covaxin doses that is a bit bemusing. When Covaxin's approval had faced backlashes, the government had clarified that the role of this vaccine candidate would be different. That this would be used in, as I said, a clinical trial mode, which in turn led to speculations that this was going to be a backup vaccine for extreme emergencies. But now, with this large procurement, its role is starting to look a bit more serious. Since it is in a clinical trial mode, how will the government track and trace these thirty lakh odd people who will be given Covaxin? JBR Prasad Rao former union health secretary says that every recipient of the vaccine is likely to be in the government's records due to the Covin app that's being developed by the government to streamline the vaccination process. You see everyone who is getting the vaccine is definitely on the government record because of the Covin uh, software that they are going to uh, start. Mm-hmm. So it's not that only these satellite records will be available with government all the records will be available with government. But in this case as you said rightly if they have to be put in a phase 3 mode mm. as per the dcgs approval they may be needing more closer follow mm. uh, in terms of uh, reporting of adverse events such as monitoring of adverse events have to be done more closely in these cases mm. that is the only difference 
But in terms of the effectiveness of the vaccine, I would say that the co-vaccine is considered to be, in fact, uh, as effective, if not more. Because uh, for the other variants of, or other strains which are now coming out, mm. co-vaccine will be much more efficacious than even Covishield. Because co-vaccine is a vaccine for the entire virus, mm. not just for one variant. Mm. So that way, I think it's a good vaccine. And uh, I don't think there should be any choice between this or that. And uh, people, I think, should should go for it. For now, the coronavirus vaccine recipients won't have the option to choose between the two available vaccines. But given the criticisms regarding data and lack of transparency that have come up over the whole process of approval, should there be a choice given to people? Back to Mr. Rao here. No, we have the data. See, it's not that we don't have the data, but the question is the phase three trial in one case is not over. In the other case also, it has to be an emergency approval only. It was not a complete, complete completion of the phase three trial. And it is not only in these two cases, even in the other vaccines, which are approved in US or UK, they were all emergency approval. And because you are facing an extraordinary situation of, of, an, of a pandemic, so these emergency approvals are being given. That doesn't mean there's no data. But only thing is the complete phase three trials are not over. But the DGI and the expert bodies are confident mm. that with that limited data, at least the vaccine can be launched. Mm. But there are checks. For example, this vaccine is not being given to children. Children are because the children have not been tested for this vaccine. So those groups are already excluded from the vaccination trials. And this was what Professor Ganguly said. Yeah, yeah, at the moment for the COVID shield vaccine, mm. it has now gone in the arm of uh, many countries now. Mm. And uh, I don't think there is much criticism. The 50% was the bar for clearance. It has reached 70.25% efficacy. Mm. That would be a course correction of the lower dose and higher dose. Mm. That particular trial is mm. coming up. The trial for mutant strains are coming up. So there is... The only questions are because efficacy data and immunogenicity of first three data and is not available and SAE following data for COVID is not available. Mm-hmm. People are asking questions. But when the government gives it in program, mm-hmm. it cannot give choices, you know, mm-hmm. because, because uh, they will deploy it in the various districts. So the district where this is deployed, maybe the co the COVID shield is not deployed, where, mm-hmm. where the co-vaccine is deployed. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, in government program there is no choice. But by June, Serum Institute has said that they will put it in the market. Mm-hmm. And now Pfizer has given has applied for market authorization, and they have created their cold stone storages in India also. Mm-hmm. So if they get it. And if the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which might get by March, it will be out. Mm. It, will, it will be available. It is a very good vaccine. It needs only one shot. Okay. Then Genova Messenger RNA vaccine could also come by the end of March or June. Mm. So by the June month of June, there will be a lot of vaccines in the private market. But finally, for a successful vaccination drive, should the government carry out a testing and tracing strategy pre- and post-vaccination as well? What role can such a strategy play in the vaccination process? Mr. Rao says that prevention programs shouldn't come to a stop with the vaccination drive. They should carry on simultaneously. 
Yeah, testing and tracing is always there. Even with vaccination, without vaccination, I think government should carry on the testing and treating policy mm-hmm. because it's not that because we have a vaccine today, all our prevention programs will come to a stop. In fact, they must continue simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And any good prevention strategy need to have a very active testing and treating strategy. You have to keep on testing people at the same level as we are doing, if not more, and then put them on treatment either at home or in the hospital. Depend on the, depending on the seriousness of the illness. So I think it should continue even before our after-after vaccination program. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.